Thanks for subscribing to the ZonCon podcast, the podcast all about Amazon conversations. These are the tips and tricks to become an Amazon millionaire. Here is your host, Andrew Erickson. He is all things Amazon, and so is this podcast. Let's have an Amazon conversation. Hey, guys, this is Andrew, the host of the podcast. I got a wonderful, lovely guest today that I'm going to be interviewing. But before I introduce her, I just want to talk about my recent fun stuff I've been doing. Like I said many times before, I live a digital nomad lifestyle, which means I just work from my laptop and actually am traveling around the world. I just spent about a week in Bangkok, Thailand, that is. And I got to hang out with some other really big sellers. And we're actually going to be interviewing them later. But uh, it was really neat talking, uh, hanging out in Bangkok and seeing all the temples and, and eating all the delicious food and all that fun stuff and hanging out with a bunch of other Amazon sellers. So it was a pretty cool experience. My guest today is a person. If you think I'm a cool person, you should really meet this person. This is my wife, Allison. Hey. Hey. You might recognize her voice because she is. I am the lovely wife. Yes. Uh, Erickson. Yes. So she's the one who does, who recorded our intro together. So one thing I kind of thought would be fun is if we just talk about kind of our big why of why we do things and why we do this episode, why we do these podcasts and why we did this, this whole thing that we're doing. So Allison, why don't you just give a little intro, like who are you and what do you do and what are the things you like? Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm Allison Erickson. I'm a teacher a traveler, cat and wine lover, and in general, just a really active person. And like Andrew said, I am his wife. I call Andrew Erickson his last name. I've always called him that even when we were friends before we started dating everything. And I think I'll probably call him that forever because Andrew just seems strange to me. (laughs) But yeah, so after six years of teaching, I was really tired. I needed an emotional break. And after a long night of drinking wine in the beautiful Balboa Park in San Diego, Erickson and I were talking about taking time off to kind of see the world. And this kind of started out as a drunken joke. But after that night, we had a couple more conversations that led me to ask my school district if I could take a one-year sabbatical. And then once they said yes and they signed off on it, then he started looking into tax exemptions. Yeah, the big uh, thing is that we were talking about yeah. taking the the year off and or maybe taking some extended time, so a summer or a Christmas or a whole semester. And the big thing is uh, when I looked at the tax stuff, it ended up being uh, basically we saved a lot of money by going a full year. So I thought, you know what, like if you want to do six months, let's do one a whole year. year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So two months later, San Diego Unified signed off on a one year travel sabbatical, which means I can jump right back into my classroom after a year. And then we spoke to a few accountants and lawyers about taxes exemption. And yeah, we were able to travel for one year, save a ton of money and hop right back in the classroom. So it was a pretty perfect deal. We've been traveling for nine months right now. And yeah, it's been really invaluable to spend this time with my husband and also travel the world. So if you want to cool. hear more about the tax stuff, the deal of 330 day rules, what they call that tax exempt thing. It's only for U.S. citizens, though. So don't do this if you're not a U.S. citizen. Also, I'm not an accountant or a lawyer. Please do not listen to anything I say. But that is episode six, the Zoncom podcast, episode six. And we talked to Jack Fallon about how to do this whole 330 day thing. 
Yeah. So uh, kind of the story about how we started this trip after we had, after Erickson and I went back and forth on many conversations, kind of about if this is a realistic goal or not. I don't know. When you decide to do a trip this big, it can be pretty scary. Are things going to be the same when I get back? Are my cats going to be okay? What are we going to do with our cars? Are my friends going to forget me? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But it is scary. I actually took my sister-in-law's advice. Her and my brother got married maybe 15 years ago now. But after their wedding, they actually went to South America for a little more than a year. And I asked her, I said, how did you convince yourself that you could actually do this trip? And she said to me, she said, just tell everyone, just start telling everyone about it. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell some coworkers if you feel comfortable with that. So that's what I did. And that's what Erickson did. Everyone who knows us weren't super shocked. (laughs) But some friends said to me about a month or two later, are you actually going to do this? Like, is this just something you guys are talking about? I said, nope. We are doing it. It's funny when you when you tell people, some people are like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I want to do the same thing. I'm going to meet you along the way. And those guys actually did meet us along the way. Yeah. Them did. We, yeah. And that's actually been really nice and kind of uh, kept the homesickness at bay is seeing friends and family come to visit us. Some uh, people were a little, uh, what's the right word? Not sad, but like didn't want us to go. They were kind of like, oh, well, you shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. We're going to miss you, which is really nice of them to say. Yeah. I actually got some of that from my family. Yeah. But, you know, like we're able to call and Skype and That's FaceTime thing, yeah. and stuff. So it's, it's, the world now is like so small. It's not back in, what, 20 years ago where you, well, I don't even think you could text, yeah. but. Just three or four years ago, yeah. you couldn't really. So shout out to, shout out to T-Mobile for a <laughs> wonderful international plan. And we stay connected all the time. Let's see if we can get T-Mobile to sponsor this podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've had to pay a little bit in overages. Erickson, do you want to comment on that? <laughs> uh, I was a little confused how they bill and we ended up spending like uh, uh, 250 yeah. bucks the first couple of months until I figured out how the bill works. I mean, our, you know, the, your standard bill would be like 160 with the, the premium plus plan, whatever. But like we got the whatever. I don't know if they call it the travel plus plan or yeah. something. But yeah, it's actually a really good plan. Uh, we can text and call and all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, so during uh, the month of May 2018, um, I put about 10 different airline alerts for about 10 different European cities. For the cheapest day to fly out, we basically had no schedule. We knew we wanted to leave at some point in August, and we knew we wanted to start in Europe. So we didn't care too much about the country. We just needed to get started on our adventure. And on my teaching lunch break one day, I got three alarms ringing at me saying, "Buy now, buy now, buy now. And that flight was Oakland to Barcelona on August 9th. And it was only $220 a person. Yes, this included our suitcases. And yes, this included two meals and drinks. So yeah, we booked it that day. And yeah, off to Barcelona we went. Yeah. So it was kind of fun. Like we, that was kind of our commitment yeah. device right there. I mean, that we, all, we were committing over and over again, of course. Well, we actually dropped down 500 bucks for the airfare tickets. And you, oh, and also, well, I also wait, think you forgot to tell us what happened with the sabbatical with your work. Oh, yeah. So I applied the first time for my sabbatical and it was denied. 
And I was like, I was just heartbroken. I was like, what? Like, I already emotionally committed to doing this. And we even, you know, started looking for a place for our cats and like started talking about like how we're actually going to put this into plan. And I told my principal at my school, who's like the most supportive person ever, who was very supportive about me taking this trip. And he's like, that's not right. They have to let you go. And so he said, you know, I'm going to talk to our like area supervisor. So basically his boss and we're going to get this figured out. So I spent probably 20 minutes on the phone with our area supervisor for our district. And I talked to my principal a few more times and our area soup said, go ahead and reapply. And I did. And it was accepted after I wrote a whole essay about why I wanted to go. Nice. <laughs> but yeah. Do you think you're going to come back to teaching or do you want to stay? Uh, <laughs> um, I am going to go back to teaching. I do miss it. Not that I don't absolutely love working with my <laughs> husband every single day, but I do enjoy kids and I enjoy the challenge that that brings. It is definitely the most challenging job I think out there. But I can see doing some Amazon things when in the next couple of years. So maybe taking a one year break from teaching and kind of going on and off. Yeah, I, I you have a passion for children, which I think is yeah. really important. Plus, you have the formal training too, the master's degree mm-hmm. in education and psychology and stuff. So that's that's a big thing there. The big thing, though, just to, to tie it back to like the our general audience mm. who's listening to this is uh, it's really scary doing this whole Amazon entrepreneur thing because the uh. income is not stable. And, you know, you get one hijacker or one to add. Thing or you get work. flagged. Uh, your Yeah, your profile can get flagged and they can bring you down. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's really uh, I'm a big proponent of the uh, entrepreneurship and all that fun stuff. But it's kind of scary, especially when you're living like a San Diego lifestyle, an expensive city and, and having that kind of, you know, you just want stability. And it's nice. I know this is something I can't just suggest to people because <laughs> like, it's hard to like marry someone with a stable job. Like that's easier said than done. Yeah, it but just worked out that way. If you are able to have stability with money from a spouse or or even a lot of people have a day job, honestly, Try to stay in your day job and save up a good amount of money and have that stability before you actually jump full head first into this business. Yeah. Um, so, so having a teacher's salary and a teacher's benefits and stuff is really nice for both of us. Yeah, it's been great. So Erickson actually had been working on his business for three years and doing his day job. So congratulations. Thanks. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> he was working. I don't know. How how much do you think you were working when you were doing your engineering day job? And then oh. I would say between 60, 70 hours a week. Yeah. I mean, my day jobs were um, 40. At least 40, sometimes as high as 60, depending on the week. Yeah. And then the side thing was, there were probably a few weeks that it was just one or two hours, but there were some weeks, the, the yeah. qu- basically fourth quarter, well, like everyone knows, mm-hmm. the fourth mm-hmm. quarter just gets crazy. And so it, it, yeah, it's tough. You know, you work 60, 70 hours a week for a couple of years and then hopefully if it goes well, you get to take a year off traveling the world. Right. So yeah, so three years of Erickson working 60 to 70 hours a week was getting pretty old very fast. At this point, I had an extremely stable job with our district and Erickson was bringing in about the same amount of money with the Amazon business after three years of starting the Amazon business than he was bringing in with his day job. So I kind of told him, I said, you know what, (laughs) life's too short to be working this much. 
let's do it. And I think he was actually more hesitant about it because he didn't know how he would feel about not having like that work socialization. And he wasn't sure about working from home. But how has it been so far? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's nice. I mean, I I, I was worried about being lonely, but it's really not lonely. (laughs) Like, uh, well, you go out I, to lunch with people all the time. Yeah, I go out to lunch all the time, work in co-working spaces. Plus, like, I can just do a lot more social things. If someone's going out on Tuesday night and they're going to go out drinking or something like that on Tuesday night, I don't hesitate to go because, you know, <laughs> because no one's going to fire FOMO. me for showing up <laughs> Wednesday morning, right? Uh, but no, it's good. I, I, I've really enjoyed working for myself. Yeah, so... Like I said before, make sure you have everything set up before that makes everything stable. But it's amazing working for yourself, especially if you have the dedication to doing it. I absolutely love that he works from home <laughs> because, number one, he keeps our cats company, which okay. is great. <laughs> great. I'm glad that's true. And, <laughs> and he loves to go to the Mexican market to go get meat. So I never have to like worry about groceries, which is awesome. But throw it back to October 2015, and Erickson had put the Amazon listing up in October. We didn't really think much would come from it, and wow, were we wrong. In November, mid-November, so it was like, I think it was Thanksgiving, must have been my Thanksgiving break. We had so many orders to fulfill before Christmas that he was actually thinking about taking the listing down because we couldn't keep up with it. At that point, we were, well, he was making his own product by hand and we were packing them at our house. We did not know about FBA yet. So this was really early in the game. Erickson thought about taking the listing down, but he didn't, luckily, because obviously we all know that when you take a listing down or when you don't have enough inventory, that kills the listing. So both of us had day jobs and we worked about 40 to 50 hours a week. And we started doing packing parties, which sounds like a lot of fun, (laughs) but is not that much fun. We got some music going in our garage, popped some craft beers open and yeah, just started packing for like three to four hours a night, right up until like December, I think December 17th. Yeah, well, my Christmas was nice because you cannot ship anything out. The last ship date, I think, is the 21st or 20th to, for it to arrive there by Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so it, I knew that everything was going to end December 30 or December 21st or no, 22nd. But we were leaving for Thailand and we were literally packing oh, boxes. Right. So we left for Thailand. That I was think. our first time in Thailand. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was three years, three years ago, huh? We were literally packing boxes, throwing them out our door and getting them ready for UPS or USPS, whatever. And I just remember literally frantically packing boxes because these were people's Christmas gifts that we had not gotten out. You had stayed up till 4 a.m. the night before trying to, you know, fulfill the order. So it was uh, stressful, but we enjoyed... (laughs) or not enjoyed the packing parties. And I kind of came to realize that I really hate packing things and uh-huh. touching boxes. <laughs> but I think you realized that at the very beginning. <laughs> well, I'll never forget one day I came home from work and there were boxes stacked about six feet tall, completely surrounding our front door. I had to go into our house by actually breaking in to our roommate slider door in the back of the house so that I could get into our house. But anyways, it was a real time, but that was early on. 
So Allison, now that you've been working with our business for the last almost a year now, mm -hmm. what has been the thing that's gotten you most excited about it? Oh man. Okay. So I have to be honest, the first month I didn't really know where to start. Teaching is very different from running a business, especially a for-profit business. Especially um, a small team too, because it's not really like a big infrastructure to stick you into. Yeah, so it was kind of like Erickson was saying, okay, find your role, find your role. And I didn't really know what my role was for like a good month and a half, I would say. And then I discovered ManyChat, which is, if you don't know what ManyChat is, it's a chat bot. So sometimes you go on websites and things pop up and say, hey, how can I help you? That's a chatbot. That is not a live person messaging you. I hate to come to the truth with that. But yeah, that is not a real person. That is a chatbot. So what I've been focusing on for a lot of my time while abroad and while working abroad has been programming chatbots, which has been really interesting. There are not a lot of people doing it. So that also makes it challenging when you go and you know look for something specific. Maybe you want to do something different with your flow. It's hard to find that because there aren't a lot of people doing it yet. But I was lucky enough to go to China and go to China Magic, which is a mastermind. And I met some amazing people, one of which was our friend Michelle, who is a many chat master. She's so anyways, she's my inspiration. I asked her a million questions. And yeah, that's what I've gotten excited about. If you look at the open rate from many chat versus email, it is crazy different. So I'm getting really excited about that. Yeah. We have a whole, we're going to have a whole episode on many chat that Allison's going to be leading in the next few episodes. Yeah. So we'll go like deep into what it is exactly and how to use it and all sorts of fun stuff. So you, you can, if you want, I'm just going to plug it right now. Find Zoncon podcast on Facebook and you can subscribe to our many chat bots. And um, that will not be me live typing to you. That is a chatbot that I have made maybe two weeks before. So it's pretty cool stuff. Check it out. Our Facebook is Zoncon Podcast. If you if you type in Zoncon Podcast, it'll pop right up. Z O N space C O N Podcast, just like the podcast. Yeah. Another thing that's gotten me really excited is product selection. Oh yeah. Again, we were lucky enough to go to China and go to the Canton Fair. Any tips for the Canton Fair would be know exactly what you are looking for. We had three, no, four things, four items that we were looking exactly for, and we found them. And yeah, so product selection has been great. Our audience is my exact demographic, so I feel like I'm able to bring that to the team. So that's been really helpful. We're going to talk a little bit about some ninja hacks we do with product selection on the many chat episode. So one thing I'm curious about, you have become an entrepreneur this year, <laughs> Yeah, going from the state-run school to a small entrepreneurship project or company. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, like, what is your big why for this? I know, uh, so yeah. obviously travel's a big one, but what's, what's another part, part of your big why that pushes you every day? That's a great question. So uh, like you said, travel, having the freedom to travel when and where. You know, as a teacher, I had many breaks every year, right? Christmas break, Thanksgiving break, summer break. But that didn't seem like enough time to actually experience a city or a different country. So this trip has been amazing. What's been your favorite place? Or maybe like your oh, favorite man. places? So in Europe or Asia? Let's do one of each. Okay. So in Europe, I would have to say Salzburg. Austria. Austria. Yeah. yeah. Why? Because it looks like a storybook and it's beautiful. And... I crossed something off my bucket list. 
We actually got to do a bike tour, a Sound of Music bike tour through all of the sites in Salzburg where The Sound of Music was nice. filmed. And that is one of my favorite movies in the world. So that was just beautiful. How about your favorite thing in Asia? Oh, Thailand and Taiwan. Ah, why Ta- Taiwan? So, well, I'll start with Thailand okay. first. So Thailand, we've been to Thailand a few times now, and the people have, like, won my heart. They're just the most smiley people in the world. It's interesting because in the United States and in other countries, I get asked a lot why I smile so often, which I think is kind of a weird question to ask someone. And I always just respond, that's just how I am. I I don't know why I smile so much. I'm happy, maybe. (laughs) But in Thailand, I've never been asked that question. People are always smiling, even more so than me. So that's awesome. And the food is, oh, the food is great. Taiwan, however... We were not planning on going to Taiwan. We actually had a week before China to kind of kill some time. And we said, you know, Taiwan's close. We don't need a visa. And we've had a lot of Taiwanese friends in the States, and they've always said Taiwan is amazing. So we went there, and I did not realize Taiwan was so green. There are so many national parks that are like heavily protected. The public transportation is amazing, and they are the OG foodies, like legit OG foodies. Like their food is like nothing I've ever tasted before, and the flavors and just the way they, you know, make their meats are just wonderful. So yeah, Thailand and Taiwan are my favorites. Awesome. So besides travel, do you have another why? I do. And this is something that Erickson's talked to me a lot about. (laughs) Like weirdly obsessed with those. Yeah. And so I feel like that's rubbed off on me. But I want us to become financially independent. What does that mean, Erickson? We should do a whole episode on what financial independence that's actually a good idea. is and, and the whole Do you fire. think you could spend 30 minutes talking oh about it? <laughs> I spend 30 minutes talking about it every day. Yep. Uh, I'll have to do a full episode in it. But, but basically, financial independence is when your passive income equals how much you spend every day or every year, right? So for example, if you have, let's say, a million bucks invested, and that million bucks should return about 50000 a year. And if you live off of $50,000 a year, which means you're living kind of a standard American lifestyle, you are now financially independent. And so obviously it depends on your numbers. You can go to Thailand and live off of $8,000 a year. Easily. Easily, yeah. yeah. And so I mean, a married couple could easily live off of 15000 Or you can come to with... Georgia, the country of Georgia. Yeah, so we're sit- also... that's where we're sitting right now. Yes. Ridiculous. <laughs> Not Atlanta, Georgia, Tbilisi, Georgia. We had a whole <laughs> sit-down dinner last night for seven USD? No, it was 580 Oh, oh sorry. 580 <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. This, yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to talk more about how awesome Georgia is. So that's that's the idea is if you figure out how much you spend each year, 50, 100,000, whatever, roughly times it by 20. And once you have that invested, that is you have now become financially independent. And so that's something I think about a lot. And it's it's something that gets me really excited. So it makes me excited that you're thinking. about Yeah. It too so, yeah, I mean, something that kind of touched home uh, with Erickson talking to, to me about financial independence each and every day. Um, Not every day. Only five times a day. <laughs> each and every day. <laughs> it kind of just made me think that I don't ever want to be in a financial, like personal financial crisis, but even like put our family into a financial crisis. I want to be able to work for fun. So know that, you know, we're able to support ourselves outside of work. And, you know, not that I don't enjoy my work, but it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm also working because I need money, right? I need money to live. 
So I think just working for fun and saying, okay, this is what I want to do. It doesn't matter how much I get paid for this. I like it regardless. And then also, you know, we do not have kids yet, but we eventually want to enjoy home time, Erickson and I together with our kids. And that's really important to us, especially when we Two years ago, we bought our house and we could have bought, you know, a little more of an expensive house, but we actually decided to buy on the low end of our budget, knowing that we both wanted to be at home for, you know, maybe a year with our first child. because that was really important to us. Family time is very important to us. So, yeah, financial independence, working for fun and enjoying time with kids whenever they come. It's a pretty good wine. Yeah. I'm curious, what, one thing I love asking people, are their favorite media, you know, books and podcasts and stuff? Do you have a favorite podcast? So I am actually a very avid reader. I probably have read, what, 15 books on my Kindle this year while traveling. But I don't read a ton of business books. <laughs> I think those kind of put me to sleep. I'm more of a historical nonfiction, some fiction in there. But I do listen to podcasts and I can completely recommend the podcast, How I Built This. It just talks about, they interview people who have built businesses, essentially. And it's really interesting because most of these people have built businesses totally by accident, which I find really interesting. Like, for example, I use Burt's Bees every single day. Burt's Bees chapstick every single day. I literally, I get in a bad mood if I didn't have it in my purse. And Erickson has to have it in his pocket at all times. So I was really fascinated with Burt's Bees and that whole story. So I'll leave it up to you to download the podcast, How I Built This, and check out Burt. I love that. That's an amazing story, mm-hmm. the How I Built This episode for Burt Bees. Burt Bees. Really good. Another one that I love, that's another interview, is the makers of Wayfair. They are, this got me so excited because their story really resonated with me. They basically, everyone who's listening to this should really go listen to that. They basically built a private label brand back like 10 years ago. And they started out by like branding on TV mounts, you know, the metal mount thing that you screw into the wall. And then they started another company, another like private label for selling like, uh, I think it was like CD holders. Remember they had like this weird Mm -hmm. tray, like a weird stand that you'd like, like kind of have little slots in it. They were selling those and they built more and more and more and more of those. And they built this huge furniture company. And now they're this huge billion dollar brand. And it just gets me really excited hearing that story. And I absolutely love Wayfair because side note, When we moved into our house, we actually bought furniture for our first time. It was very exciting. And we bought two bar stools and I had Erickson make them. And the directions were not very good, so much so that an engineer could not figure out the directions. So he actually ended up scuffing some part of the bar stool. And I actually emailed Wayfair and I said, wow, like these directions were so bad. My engineer husband couldn't even figure this out. What's going on? And they said, no worries. We'll send you two new bar stools. You can keep the bar stools you already have or you can throw them away. And I'm like, well, we're not throwing them away. We ended up selling them <laughs> and we sold them for half of the price of the original price, which is pretty amazing. So we ended up 
getting 50% off our order for Wayfair. So shout out to Wayfair. You're yeah. an awesome company. And that's one thing I, I take inspiration from people like that. And you see how Allison just shouted them out and talked about how amazing they oh, are because amazing. of their customer service. Yeah. I internalize that for my Amazon business. Mm-hmm. And I try to have that same kind of customer support and care. Yeah. And, and so I- observing other brands and how they operate, something you should really take in for yourself yeah. and, and do that for your own company. And when we went to go buy our mattress, I ended up actually not buying it off of Amazon. I bought it off of Wayfair. Why? Because I knew that if I ended up not liking the mattress for any reason, that we would be able to return it to Wayfair. No questions asked, which was really cool. Awesome. So wrapping up this interview, what are two actionable things you can do today? Okay. So I have three. Three. Yeah. Wow. So start many chat. Yep. Um, so if you're not aware of what ManyChat is, literally go onto YouTube, type in what is ManyChat, watch a couple of videos. Get Listen it. to our next episode too. We'll talk about ManyChat. Yes. Um, <laughs> I will I will make you a ManyChat expert after our next episode. But yeah, just go onto YouTube, watch a couple of videos. ManyChat is actually free, but of course, you know, for a pro account, I think it's $10 for the first 1,000 subscribers. And then after that, I just learned the other day, it's $25 because we just hit over a thousand subscribers. So now we're getting charged 25 instead of 10, but I'm super excited about the subscribers. So I don't mind that at all. So start mini chat. Start mini chat. Don't be emotional about product selection. The numbers will tell you. So for example, we sell something that Erickson like would never use, right? Ever, ever in his life. Yeah. Most of the products I sell, I would never use myself, Mm -hmm. but there are some products that I would use. So I just think it's really important to not get emotionally involved with those products. Look at the numbers. If the numbers tell you yes, then go for it. Another thing is branding. A lot of sellers on Amazon don't really focus on branding and making a really great brand. And I think this is a huge mistake, especially when Amazon gets more competitive, when people come in and just start selling one or two items, you know, with no brand at all. Build an audience who is super invested in your brand and loves your brand. I cannot tell you this enough. I talk to customers every single day through ManyChat, and about 5% of our customers are repeat buyers, and they love our products, and they told their friends about us. I had someone email me a picture the other day who had five of our products. Five. And I was like, wow, you're amazing. Can you be you know, a product tester for us in the future? And she was stoked. So I really think creating a brand is really important and making sure it's a high quality brand. Great. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Allison, I appreciate you being here. I'm uh, always here with you. Here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess we, we heard a little bit of our story today, both your story and my story. Mm-hmm. And the big takeaways are to listen to how I built this, start mini chats, Go onto our podcast Facebook page, Zoncon Podcast Facebook page, and subscribe to our mini chat bot and build a brand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Great. And Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week on my episode on mini chat. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.